0: Worship the Lord today. And we're glad you're here. We're going to start with our call to worship. We're going to lift up the Lord in praise together. Let's sing the song at Calvary together.
1: Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me, he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I'd learned. Then I trembled at the law; I'd till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy, there was great and grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There, my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given you, Jesus, everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden so on liberty. At Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span. At Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There, my burden soap on liberty at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon, air was multiplied to me. There, my burden soap on liberty at Calvary.
2: Hallelujah. As you can see looking around this morning, we've got quite a few people ill right now, so make sure you be keeping folks in prayer. As you see, Bob uh, Bob's here. Chris is not here. He's not feeling well, so make sure to lift him up in prayer as we go into prayer. Also, too, I want to thank you for your prayers for all those that were ill this last week, myself, my mother. Also, Marty went through his liver transplant, and everything went very well there so far. Amen. However, I just got a text that they're struggling to keep him breathing with his... Um, breathing to their, their or hold on it says um, struggling with him to keep the breathing tube in breathing tube in out to see if can breathe on his own if they won't then they can't keep him in a coma don't know exactly what that means but some, they're keeping him in a medically induced coma and something's going on with the breathing stuff so just keep that in prayer as you think about that as well but praise God we're here in God's house this morning amen and God's here, there, and wherever we need Him to be because He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. So praise God for that, and let's lift Him up together. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. I, I'm glad nobody had to bring their boat in today.
0: It, it dumped a little
2: bit of water yesterday, amen? But but the ground needed it. Hallelujah. So let's, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just come before you this morning, just ask Lord in the name of Jesus. Uh, God, it's already been a great Sunday school class, and it and it is just awesome to see you work amongst us. I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that everything that happens here today will continue to glorify you. May you just pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and may we just bathe in your grace. And God, may we just just, just sit back and know by your, your Shekinah glory pouring out upon us that we are doing to the best of our ability to focus on you, glorify you, and edify one another. God, may every word, every song that's sang here today uh, Bob came in and found out he was by himself and yet he's still willing to share it, the songs you've given him. God, it's just awesome to know so many folks are willing to be used by you. May we hear you through them and may your will be done here today. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Walk around a second. Shake somebody's hand. Just tell them it's good to see them in God's house this morning. Mm-hmm.
1: God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, his light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time. If you're walking through the valley, there are shadows all around. Do not fear, he will guide you, he will keep you safe and sound. For he has promised not to leave you, nor forsake you, and his word is true. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time. We were sinners, so unworthy. Still for us, He chose to die. Filled us with His Holy Spirit. Now we can stand and testify that His love is everlasting. In His mercies, they will never end. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time. God is good all the time. You put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time.
2: All right, as we get back to our seats this morning, just a, a couple of announcements. Forgive me if I stay down here. I'm not going up the stairs more than I have to right now. But the, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. The, the youth will be heading out to summer camp tomorrow. Uh, just want to make sure you keep the youth in prayer for that and the leaders. Twofold, not just the youth are going to hear the word of God. And this is what I hope to remind everybody this morning. When you're praying for the youth and they go to youth camp, there's a lot of leaders there that may still need to hear the word also. They may have been caught in the church and said, hey, we need you to go. I know I was supposed to go and be one of the leaders this week, but with my leg like it is, there's no way I can walk all over camp now. So uh, Ted uh, jumped in there for me, so I appreciate Ted stepping in and filling the gap as a leader there. But there's a lot of people that may be filling gaps in other churches that normally wouldn't go. They need our prayers too. So be in prayer for the, the team bringing the music, team bringing the message, the, the students that will be there, and just pray that most of all, that God's will be done. There, there's going to be the folks there who are lost, whether adult or, or youth. They need to hear the word of God. Amen? So so I'll, I'll turn them on in a second. I, I didn't realize they were off. I'll turn them on. Uh, so make sure to lift the youth in prayer, the youth camp in prayer tomorrow. There was something else I was trying to remember I was going to announce. I mentioned to Brian I was going to try to remember, and I can't remember Oh, that's what it was, yes. We're going to have services here for our Revelation class if you want to come this evening. But also, too, in Lavernia at 5 o'clock, 5 till 10, actually, at the, at the City Park, right? They, there is a gathering of churches, I can't remember what it's called. There's going to be a lot of music and speakers and things like that. There's a big uh, a worship rally going to be happening there at City Park in Lavernia tonight. 5 in the afternoon till 10 in the evening. If you want to go and be a part of that, you're not going to hurt my feelings any. However, if you'd like to come out for our Revelations class, that we're more than welcome to have you there with us, here with us, also at 6 o'clock. The sound of victory is what that's called at the city park this evening. Okay, I think that's enough announcements, and Bob's filling all the roles this morning. He's got our scripture reading as well. Can not pray with you again, brother? Father God, I lift up my brother to you again as he's been leading us in song. Now he's going to lead us in the reading of your word. May you just speak through him. Thank you for his willingness to bless him and Chaney and his family. And to God, we just praise you for him. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Bless the Lord. I just wanted to share a real quick verse with you. I'm sure a lot of you know this really well. A lot of people um, refer to this verse, but I think when we actually take the time to think about it, it's a little deeper than it looks at first glance. But I'm reading from Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 14, and it says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. So I think that a lot of times what we get from that verse is if if I ask God for anything, then he's going to do it for me. (laughs) But there's a lot of things that go before that part where it says, um, it actually gives us some conditions, right? Just like um, if you're in education or anything, there's like, learning objectives, in any type of learning objective, there's a condition that it falls under. And it's no different with prayer. When we're praying to God, there's some conditions that we have to actually make sure are, are right first. First, we have to humble ourselves. Although the Bible tells us we can boldly go before the throne of God, we still have to remember who God is and who we are in Him and how He is above us, right? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and His ways are higher than our ways. And we don't tell God what to do and what not to do. We can ask God for things, but we don't demand things from God. Um, we, we need to uh, seek his will in what we ask for. So the first part is we have to humble ourselves. The second part says we have to seek his face. And that's the part where I think that it, we have to make sure that we're in the will of God, that what we're asking for aligns with his will. If we're asking for something that's out of God's will, he's still going to answer our prayer, but it's probably not going to be the answer that we were hoping for. He's still going to answer it, but his will is going to be done. We don't steer him. We're not like the rudder of God's ship and steer him in which way he's going to go. He actually is sovereign and decides what he's going to do. So we have to humble ourselves. We have to seek his face. And this last one is the hardest one, I think, for us, because it's hard for us to admit that, that even as Christians, we still do things that are wrong and things that are wicked in God's sight. But we have to turn from our wicked ways. It says that if we seek his face, we humble ourselves, and we turn from our wicked ways, then he'll hear from heaven, and we'll forgive our sin, and we'll hear our land. So um, I just think it's important that we remember that when we actually do pray to God, it's not just a simple matter where we just say, God, do this for me. There's supposed to be some conditions that we need to actually make sure are right before we go to him in prayer. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for your word, Lord God, and just thank you that you answer prayer, and even though we don't understand sometimes the answers that you give us, we just pray that you would help us to accept your will and to try to continue to serve you even when we don't get our own way, and just pray that you would help us not to. Um, hold any type of grudge or uh, animosity against you, and just pray that you would just heal us, Lord God, even though the answer that we sought might not be what, what the answer that we received might not be the answer that we thought we were going to get, Lord God. And I just thank you for always hearing us and for the promise of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay. Okay. Uh, Unbeknownst to you guys last week, they took a little video of you guys worshiping uh, our, our professionals back in the booth, and I was a little bit disappointed last week because it wasn't quite what I thought it should be. Um, uh, can you guys show the video from last week from our worship service? Oh, Lord.
3: <laughs> okay, thanks.
0: all right so i think it's important that we realize that there's no more monkey business when, when it comes to worship no more monkeying around Let's make this a sovereign time of worship to the Lord. Just think about all the Lord's done for you and lift it up with a true heart of thanksgiving and let's sing our praise unto the Lord, okay? okay. <laughs> My friend, to uh, Samuel, that we helped support with the Bibles and everything, the missionary over in Africa, he sent it to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, bless the Lord. Let's lift the Lord up in praise together.
1: In a secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, You are there. In a secret, in the quiet hour, I wait only for you cause I want to know you more I want to know you I want to hear your voice I want to know you more I want to trust you I want to see your face I want to know you more. I'm reaching for the highest goal. That I might receive the prize. Pressing onward, pushing every hindrance aside. Out of my way. Cause I want to know you more I want to know you I want to hear your voice I want to know you more I want to trust you I want to see your face I want to know you more secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness you are there, in the secret, in the quiet hour I only for you, cause I want to know you more, I want to know you I want to hear your voice. I want to know you more. I want to trust you. I want to see your face. I want to know you more.
3: Everyone needs
1: compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations.
3: Savior.
1: Savior. He can move the mountain, my God is mighty to save, he is mighty to save, forever author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Forever, author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountain.
0: shine your light in,
1: let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light in, let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. He's our Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave. He's our Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave For a world of lost sinners was slain, so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay
3: down.
1: I will clean. To that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down and I will cling to the old cross, and exchange it someday for a crown, in the old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, oh one. was on that old cross. Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged
3: cross
1: till my throne At last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And
2: exchange
1: it someday for a crown To that old rugged cross I will ever be true It's shame and reproach gladly bear Then He'll call me someday To my home far away Where is glory for day for
2: This morning. As I get started today, as I was praying about the message, one of the thoughts that came to me—I still remember it very clearly—way back when I was in the military, uh, I that out of boot camp, one of the community rooms in the. You remember, 1988, the Pan American Games was there. And, I'll, I'll never forget Greg Luganis today. We're talking to him. Okay. And if you remember Greg Luganis, the diver, yeah. they asked him one time in one of those little interviews yeah, there, everybody in the common room, that's what they were watching, but it stuck to me. They asked him, how do you cope with the stress when you get up there? And he said, when I get on the platform, the second before I dive, I say to myself, no matter what happens, even if I blow yeah. this dive, at least I know my mother okay. still loves me. Yeah. Amen. You know, and, and that, that is, I have to say, even in my life, in fact, I shared with Sherry a while back, the, um, you know, I've had some pretty hard meetings here and there, there in my life, and things go on, and apprehensive and stuff, and I would tell myself, no matter what, I know I'm going to go home, Sherry's going to have dinner, and I'm going to snuggle up to her at night, and the day's behind me, I don't care. And, I, I would, and I, that would help get me focused through that day. I'm not saying that I nor Greg Oganes already did not have self-esteem, but sometimes I think we forget. I think sometimes we allow our self-esteem to get tarnished. We, we, we tear it apart. We allow it to be destroyed. And folks, let me share with you this morning that if you try to get through life without any self-esteem, the, the, the less self-esteem you have, the less you're going to let others see you, the less that others you're going to choose people in your life to look to you because that are lower looking because you don't see yourself where you should see yourself. And self-esteem, it is a big worry today. In the, in this more modern generation, in the millennial generation especially, and in in, in the children since then, uh, self-esteem seems to be taking its hits. where For whatever the reasons, there's many reasons people put out there why self-esteem in people is getting less and less and less. In the older days, Many people believe because you had to get out on the farm, you had to work, you had to get out earlier, you, you built your self-esteem because there was more morality, there was more family unity, and in that family unity, self-esteem could be built. Psychologists say there are several things that are absolutely needed to have a healthy self-esteem, and I, I believe it to be true. You, you, you need to know that you're going to be fed. There's going to be air, food, uh, uh, water, shelter, safety, uh, to know that somebody loves you. You need those things. Those are the basic necessities to have a healthy self-esteem. We need to know that, that there is someone, there is something, there's somebody out there who cares for me. Those things have to be met before we can even remotely start building a a, a healthy self-esteem and a strong drive towards towards personal growth. We got to know that there's somebody who cares. We got to know there's food. There, we got to know there's there's... To maintain a healthy life, we need a dose of self-esteem. But yet I can see it in the eyes of so many people today. And when I'm talking to so many people, and especially the younger they are, we, we are just not instilling that self-esteem in one another. But most of all, we're not recognizing it in ourselves. You know, there was an American tourist, the story he was talking about. He, he bought this little trinket. He said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this little necklace at this trinket shop here for my daughter. So when I get back home, I brought her something back. So he buys this little trinket necklace, and everything's great. He gets on the airplane, he's, he's flying home, and he gets to New York, and he goes through customs, and they charge him an incredible duty, uh, the tax that you pay for bringing something from overseas. And he was kind of upset about that. He's like, why in the world would they make me pay such a huge tax on this little thing I was going to give my daughter? So he takes it, and he has it appraised, and the man says, you know what, I'll give you $25,000 for this necklace. And now he's kind of astounded. He's like, gosh, you know, this is, this is just a little trinket I picked up at a trinket shop for my daughter. So he says, no, I think I'm going to keep it. And then he takes it to a real appraiser and says, what, what is this necklace worth? And the guy looks at him and says, I'd value this at about $35,000. And he looks at him and says, I don't understand. This was just a little trinket that I picked up. What makes this necklace so valuable? Why, why is this necklace so valuable? And the man says, well, here, look at this. And he gives him a magnifying glass, and he puts it down there. And on the necklace, it says, from Napoleon Bonaparte to Josephine. It was an incredibly expensive. He bought it at a trinket shop. Can you imagine how elated he must have been when he found out that that necklace was worth far more than he expected it to be? He thought it was just a trinket. It was sold to him as a trinket. The person who had it treated it like it was nothing. But when he put it into the hands of someone who did know what it was, when he got into the around people who could recognize it for what it was, he realized this is worth so much more. Folks, let me share with you this morning, regardless of what the world may have said, regardless of what you may even be telling yourself, you are worth so much more than what the world may know. We need to stop and we need to assess. We need to look at ourselves and realize and and understand and and recognize our worth. The basic need for every person is to regard himself as a worthwhile human being. If we don't, we destroy ourselves. Now, to do that, unfortunately, many of us take what I call the the black hole approach. To try to find self-esteem, to try to find self-worth, I base it on other people. I'm worthy when I'm doing something good or, or when other people think well of me. And that is not how to find your self-worth, folks. The problem we have in the world today amongst our peers and amongst ourselves and especially the younger generations that, that aren't being taught those solid moral, moral goals and, and taught solid teaching is that I must compare myself to others. And when I compare myself to others, that's where I'll find my worth. And folks, when we try to find our self-worth by looking at other people, we're going to see that we're just not cutting it because other people aren't cutting it. And all of a sudden, there goes our self-esteem. And the lower our self-esteem goes, the lower the people we hang out with goes, the lower the people we hang out with goes, the lower our morality goes, the lower our morality goes. Before you find it, before you know it, you're in a depression and you're in the bottom of a pit somewhere. In Matthew chapter six, verse one, notice what it says here. He says, Be careful, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people just to be seen by them. Now you may say, Well, I don't do that, but do don't we? especially in the society we have today in so many ways, uh, materialism. So many people will go out there and, and see how many things they can accumulate just to impress others, and they start basing their self-worth off how many things they have. Well, I, I, have, I wear the newest design jeans, or I have the best designed dress, or I have the, the, the nicest car in the parking lot, or I just got this, 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 and this. I got so much stuff. And we start trying to build our self-esteem On stuff and yet he says be careful not to practice your righteousness so so others can see it there's nothing wrong with having stuff but if you get if you're acquiring these things and putting out there just to keep up with the joneses so that you can say that you have some self-esteem so that you can say you have some worth your self-esteem is going to keep getting hit every time somebody else buys something else education uh, I, I'm going to get an education just so I can show others how intelligent I am. There is there is nothing wrong with education. I think everybody should pursue an education. However, if you're doing it just so you can look smarter than everybody else, all oh, the wrong reason. Athletics, how well I perform in front of other people. Appearance, how well I look. If we continue to base our self worth upon how we re, how we relate to other people, athletically, in appearance, with things with our education. If we continue to try to find our self-worth by comparing it with other people, our self-worth is never going to make it where it needs to be. Therefore, our self-esteem is never going to get where it needs to be, and we're going to continually be tearing ourselves down. But here's a newsflash, folks. You can never make everybody happy. If you're trying to build your self-esteem, your self-worth by achieving other people's ideologies of what you should be, and I'm saying even in the church, there's a lot of church people that are holier than thou and try to set you up so that you have to be holier than thou, and you know you can't make that, so instead you go the opposite direction. You rebel and you turn and you run from what you know to be right, because you can't meet the goals that other people have put for you. Folks, you can never make everybody happy, so quit trying to please everybody else and stop and and let please yourself by pleasing God. That's what's going to build self-esteem. There's brilliant people. John Quincy Adams. He held more offices in, in in the United States, more political offices in the United States than anybody else. He was he was president. He was a senator. He was a congressman. He was minister of European powers during the, during the Revolution. He held offices all the way up to the to the eighteen twelve. He had all these different things going on there. And yet, when, his, when he was seventy years old, it, it says that that he sat and he said, "My whole life has been a succession." of disappointments everything i undertook became for naught why because he realized it says in his memoirs he realized he was trying to please everyone else he was trying to please the people around him trying to please the people who put him in office rather than always standing and he did make some stands early in his his life for what was right that's what propelled him into where he was But rather than continuing to choose right from wrong, he started trying to please people. And because even after all those offices, he was just trying to please people, he never accomplished great things. Folks, when we try to base our self-worth when we try to base our self-esteem, which is coming from our self-worth, upon other people's ideologies, we're always going to fail and we're always going to fall and we're always going to be be belittled, little by little by little, because we're never going to achieve those goals. You want to have a healthy self-esteem, you want to have a healthy self-worth of yourself, then we need to stop trying to compare with everyone else and see ourselves from a heavenly viewpoint understanding that that my worth comes from somewhere else. The truth about who I am is about what God thinks of me. That's where true self-esteem comes from. That's where true worth comes from. When I stop and say, God, what do you think? God, what do you what do you say about me? God, how, how do you care about me? You see, God demonstrated his love for both you and I in that, that while we were still sinners, it says in the book of Romans, while we were still sinners, he chose. It says, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. It isn't about what brother so-and-so says or sister so-and-so. It, they may be very godly people. They may be in, in just incredible people. And, but when they say something derogatory, doesn't? there's no one out here, guys, that is perfect. No matter how godly we may seem, not a single one of us is perfect. There was only one who was perfect. And in Romans 5, 8, it says, yet that the, 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 while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much God's amazing love is for us. I can stop and say it's not about what sister or brother so-and-so says. I am in a position that my God loved me so much that he chose to die for me. I cannot, you cannot earn or, 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 or in any way grab God's love. He has already given it to you and I. I am somebody because he has chosen me. I can't nor can I ever earn God's love. He has given it to me. I am worth enough. You are worth enough. We are worth enough that that God was willing to sacrifice his only begotten son. Oh, but pastor, you're just getting into the theology stuff. I I don't know if that really helps me. Let me share with you this morning. If you keep looking to other people to to look for your self-worth, you will not find help, period. But if you will look to God, my God said, it doesn't matter who you have been. doesn't matter what you did yesterday. I love you enough. That as, as Bob shared a will go, I love you enough that if you will turn from your wicked ways and look up to me, I will heal you. I will reach out and I will heal your lands. Have you ever seen that commercial? I, I think it's a super good commercial, but it's um the guy's talking on the phone. He has something dangling from his finger and and, and it's a super he had some kind of accident with super glue but while he's attempting to call the helpline they say he's going to be on hold for like 82 minutes or something like that and as the commercial progresses for he had something hanging from his finger now he's got a a pillow stuck to his leg he's got a cat stuck to his back it's hilarious you know this super glue as he's trying to 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 get, get around more and more is getting stuck to him I share that for this reason. Sometimes I think the world is real good about gluing our faults and our mistakes to us. The more we try to reach out for help, the more things just keep getting stuck to us. But I would take it even a step further. How many times do we do it to ourselves? That man in the commercial, he's standing all alone and somehow this stuff keeps getting stuck all over him. We do that same thing. We need to see ourselves from that heavenly view, but while we're trying to get that help, It is we who keep sticking stubs on us. The world now, they they are constantly reminding us of our failures, of our sins, of our our shortcomings. They won't let us live it down. They they kind of stick to us like the cat does on that guy's back in that commercial. But then in, in return, we continue to pick things up too. We recognize, yeah, they're sticking these to us and, and I'm going to continue to stick stuff on me as well and, and I'm not going to see myself from a heavenly view because I keep sticking things on me. Folks, God does not see us that way. God does not want to stick those things to us. He does not want to continue to stick our, our worries and our sins to us. In fact, he said that I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God's love is a divine cleanser, guys. You want to have true self-esteem and self-worth, Quit allowing the world to stick things on you, and by all goodness, quit sticking them to yourself and just look up and say, God, cleanse me. Our self-worth comes when we realize that I'm not defined by by the decisions I've made. Sure, they're going to affect my life, but I can take those and let God wash them away, use them as a testimony, and change who I am and be defined by God's grace. God loves us, folks, unconditionally. He loves us unconditionally and has sent Jesus to free us from those things that are stuck to us, to free us from those guilts, to free us from the shame. Well, pastor, you don't know where I've been. You don't know how much I've, I've slept around. You don't know how much I've, I've drank. You don't know how many people I've beaten up. You don't know how deep into the drug uh, scene I, I fell. You don't know how much I cheat, I lie, I steal. You're right. I might not know, but my God still said that if you are faithful and true to confess your sins unto him, then he will cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. That means that regardless of how shameful you may feel, if you will turn over to God, not people, but turn to God and say, Father, I have fallen. I have I have, I have failed you. I've turned and ran away from you. I, 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 Or maybe it's, Father, I haven't ever surrendered my life to you. Whatever it may be, if you will stop and say, God, You're the only one that loved me enough to truly die for me and chose not to stick those sins to me. You said you'd put them as far as the east is from the west. I choose this day to serve you. when we make that decision and choose not to have the things stuck on us anymore, choose not to put the shame back on ourselves anymore, choose to realize realize that God's love is divine, that then is, it is then that we are given hope. It is then that we are given promise. It is then that we can realize I can have a better future. It is then that I realize my self-worth isn't based on what mom, dad, or, or brother or sister so-and-so says. My self-worth is enough that my God chose to die for me. And regardless of what the world tries to stick back on me, the names that people try to stick on each other, we are a cruel, cruel people. We like to throw ugly names to stick on other people. You know why we do that? Because as long as we're sticking names on other people, people aren't looking at us right there. So we'd rather use everybody else and call this one that or call this one an adulterer or call this one a, a drunkard or call this one a druggie or whatever name you want to throw out there because as long as we're putting that out there, we're taking other people's eyes off ourselves. But the more we do that, we're, we're, we're comparing ourselves and our self-esteem is getting lower and lower, and lower. So we should not try. If we really want to have a healthy life, our self-esteem, our self-worth shouldn't be based on what other people see. It should. We should see ourselves from a heaven viewpoint, and we should also try to not be God. Now you say, well, pastor, I would never do that. Mm. You know, I, another thought came to me when I was thinking about those days when I was in in my uh, A school where we'd be in that common room. That was the day when the Chicago Bulls was doing real well in basketball. I wasn't, I wasn't real big into basketball until I saw Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan, the way he could just fly forever, it seemed, that caught my attention. And I'd start watching, but what really grabbed my attention was how everybody else, when we'd go start playing basketball and stuff, how everybody wanted, you know, we could have a little bit of hair then, but no, everybody wanted to shave their heads and stick their tongue out when they started flipping the ball up. Everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan or or Madonna. You know, all of a sudden these girls started running around with half shirts and feathers hanging out of their hair singing Material Girl. Yes, I'm old, I guess. But that, you know, everybody wanted to be this person. Folks, let me share with you this morning. God wants us to imitate him, but not try to be him. When we try to be God, that's when we start messing things up. Oh, I would never do that. What about forgiving yourself? We, we mess up. In 1 Corinthians, I think we oftentimes have a hard time forgiving ourselves. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, he says, it is, listen to what Paul's telling them. It is of little importance that I should be evaluated by you or any human court. Now, stop right there. Paul says, you know, it's not you who judges me. I'm not worried what you say. I'm not worried about what your court says. But he goes further. In fact, I don't even evaluate myself. Paul says, it's not about what you think of me. It's not about what your courts think of me. It's not even about what I think of myself. In fact, I don't evaluate myself, for I am not conscious of anything against myself, but I am not justified by this. The one who evaluates me is the Lord. If we truly know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, then it is he who should evaluate us. But when we continue to pile the shame on ourselves, when we continue to pile the guilt upon ourselves, when we pray but then say, but I'm too guilty, when we pray and say, God, forgive me, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worthy, God, when we pray and say, God, I, I, I want you to take these things from me and then turn right back around and say, but why would you? Because I am so bad. You are evaluating yourself and you're trying to play God at that point. And how arrogant that when, we, when God says, I can forgive you, and you say, but I can't forgive myself. You're saying I am more important than what you are, God. Now, this may sound kind of convoluted coming from the pulpit, but let's sink in for a little bit. We need to understand that if God can forgive us, then we should be able to forgive ourselves and quit trying to be God. We play God when we don't forgive ourselves. And when we don't forgive ourselves... Our esteem keeps getting lower and lower and lower. In Philippians, if we, we're not to use that power that God has given us of self-esteem to hurt others either. You know, when we quit trying to lay the shame and we, we start trying to imitate God, when we realize finally I do have self-worth, when we do realize I do have self-esteem, when we do realize that, hey, I am somebody, don't let that go to your head either. Because that'll tear you apart. In Philippians chapter two, verse five, he says, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. Do you hear that? Now, this is Jesus Christ. He knew that he was the Son of God. This is Jesus Christ. He knew he could have all the power there was. He knew that he was on an equal playing field with God the Father. But he chose to become that servant. Here's the deal, guys. When we quit seeing ourselves compared to other people, when we start seeing ourselves from a heavenly viewpoint, we're going to realize, man, I am a child of the king. I am a prince. I am a princess. I, I I, am in the line for the throne of heaven. I am accepted. And we can sit and all of a sudden our self-esteem gets high. And here's what happens sometimes. We get into that holier-than-thou era. We get into that, look who I am. We went from, oh, poor me, to now look, it's all about me because I am a child of a king. We need to be real careful because that's going to tear apart our self-esteem as well when God has to interject and bring you back down the size. Jesus, the Son of God, knew that he was on equal playing field with God the Father, but yet chose, as it says here, to humble himself all the way to death. That means we should not push our way to the front of the line. We shouldn't try to, to sweet talk our way to the top of things. We, we, we should put ourselves to the side, actually, and help others get ahead. When we realize that we are somebody, it is then that I should stop and say, man, the, the, the self-esteem I have says that they can't hurt me. I can humble myself, step back, and, and lend a helping hand to other people. And when the world says, oh, look at you, you don't have any money, or you're, you're a servant to those people, or you're that... My self-esteem doesn't come from you, it comes from God. And in that, there is freedom. I can have freedom to be what God has called me to be, regardless of what they say, how much money you should be making, regardless of how they, they should say, they, people will say you should be this or you should be that. Nope, I should be exactly what my God, Heavenly Father has told me to be. And that freedom of being able to exercise your right as a Christian to be what God's called you to be is going to build your self-esteem even more well, you don't have the IQ that you should or you don't have the financial backing that you should. When I think of myself as Jesus Christ thought of himself, that means I can humble myself to the point of being a slave all the way on to death, but yet still know I inherit eternal glory. No matter how much I humble myself to be what God has called me to be, I still know I am a child of the king. That is freedom. I'm not ruled or reigned by other people. My, my, I don't have to judge myself by what other people think because I have been judged on the cross of Calvary. And my God says, this is who you are. You are mine. I will protect you. And if I stand for you, then who dares stand against you? When I walk through life knowing that the God, the creator of the heavens and the universe, he who spoke everything to existence is my heavenly father. Sure, I can humble myself down to to cleaning out the septic or whatever it is God's called me to do. Why? Because it doesn't matter about this stuff anymore. I have a home in glory built by hands, not of this world. Yeah, the world may say, oh, you're just a septic cleaner. You know what? I am a septic cleaner for my God. And I can hold my head high. That's where freedom comes from. That's where self-esteem comes from. That's where self-worth comes from. Not from people and their ideologies. It's from a God who said, regardless of what I've called you to do on earth, you're going to spend eternity with me in glory. Hallelujah. Jesus had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had had to cling to the advantages. Not at all. It says he humbled himself all the way on to death. And we're to put on that mindset of Christ. Folks, self-esteem. When we realize the, that we have privilege, we have privileges of deity, but yet he cho- Jesus chose to take on the status of a slave. When I realize I have deity, I have the blood of Jesus Christ washed over me and the Holy Spirit of God the Father living within me, but I still choose to be a bond servant of God. That means do whatever he's called me to do. Whenever he tells me to do it, regardless of what people may think about it, I can hold my head high. When people pile the shame and the guilt for my failures, and I have many, I have shortcomings. I mess up every day, guys. That might be hard to believe, but I do. But at the end of the night, kind of like I said earlier, when I lay down now, I know that I'm, I'm laying with my, my wife, The day is over, it's behind me, and I close my eyes. I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be in the eyes of my Lord because I chose to ask him, God, what would you have me to do today? That's freedom. That's true freedom. Praise God, we have freedom in this country. but We have more freedom through Jesus Christ who builds our self-esteem to the point where I don't have to worry about what other people think What do you say, God? Know your worth. Don't try to be God and experience the freedom of serving others through God. Those three things together and your self-esteem will climb. Your self-esteem will be what God's called it to be so that you can live a life that is worthy of God. Don't allow others to tell you what your worth is. Don't try to play God by not forgiving yourself. And just look to him and don't become holier than thou. Humble yourself and say, God, what would you have me to do? And we can grow together. I had a little pity party this past week for when I first messed up my knee. I told Sherry that was my, my one good knee left. What, uh, You know, I had a little, not bad, but I had this little pity party. What good is a guy without any knees? And that was when I couldn't walk right then. I mean, I'm walking again now, but that first day, and it, Both of them swelled up so big and I couldn't walk. I had this little pity. You know, What I'm useless. That kind of went through my mind. But immediately, God came in and just said, nope, you're mine. You do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. And who cares what the people say about your legs or, or what I say about myself? You know, then I had some things I had to get done Saturday, you know, Marina and Corey, two of my kids, drove two and a half hours just to help me do something so I wouldn't hurt my legs. God puts people. God brings people. God sends and he directs. If we humble ourselves and let our self-esteem be built not by what we can do, but by what he can do through us. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now I would tell you that that you're trying to do it on your own, and yeah, it's going to be hard to have any kind of self-esteem when you have nothing or anyone to truly build it back up. Jesus is the only one who was perfect. Therefore, he's the only one I should compare myself to, and when I tried to do so, you know what he says? I'm here. I'll give you the strength. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Listen to my voice, and I'll give you direction. I'll give you utterance. Now, that may mean that the world will say, oh, you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, or you've done this, and you did that. Yeah, but my God loves me. And my self esteems not built on my wife, as much as I cherish those moments that she and I are together. It's not built on my kids. It's not even built on you guys in this church. My self-esteem is built from Jesus Christ. People sometimes will say, well, you're, you, you just have so much self-esteem. In fact, some people said you're just too arrogant. I try not to be arrogant, and my self-esteem is just like anybody else's. It could be torn apart if I let people do it. But as long as I look up, and that's why I tell folks, keep looking up. It's he who can build you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, then you need to look up. You need to accept him as your Lord and Savior and just say, Father, I have fallen so far from where I should be. And I know you love me still. And for that reason, I ask you to move in my life. Cleanse me from my shame, my guilt, my unrighteousness. And I want you to heal my lands. If you're here this morning and you don't know him, you can do that right now. If you're here and you do know him, and maybe you're in that position where you found yourself here at the very bottom. Satan has used somebody or something or someone to just tear you apart where you think, well... I'm not a good parent, I'm not a good worker, I'm not a, I'm not a good human being, I'm not an asset to society. Whatever Satan has used or done or whispered in your ear, I would say, tell him right now, get thee behind me. I can't be responsible for my grown kids. I can't be responsible for my spouse. I can't be responsible for my supervisor. I can't be responsible for the President of the United States or the President of Paris or whatever. All I can be responsible for, God, is me and I choose you. And watch how your life will change. Watch how your life will change as he moves within you and says, I love you. Come home. And he'll wrap his arms around you right there. Where are you this morning? I want us all to stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer this morning. If God's telling you to pray. Pray right where you're at. Get on your knees. Pray. He wants to come to this altar and pray pray he wants to come talk to me do that as well but guys right now the shame the guilt the pain the heartache i can wash that away from me. he wants to and all we have to do is turn to him and Say, Bye. father use it. whatever it is that satan has used to tear down your self-esteem look to God and say, and know that he is within you, is greater than he who is in this world. Trust him. Trust him. Father God, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. As As our heavenly Lord and Savior, I ask you, Lord, to move in the hearts of your people. Every one of us in this room has done things and said things that we are ashamed of at some point but you said you will cleanse us and make us white as snow you'll purge from us all the unrighteousness so God I ask in the name of Jesus Christ right now that you will move the hearts of your people that you will touch the hearts of your people and that we will be able to leave this place today realizing, maybe even for the first time that I am someone through your name God may your will be done in in, in this place today Direct our paths, direct our comments, direct our hugs, direct everything that we do. So that when we leave this place, we will know, as Paul said, it's not about what men think of me, it's not about what courts think of me, not even what I think of myself. It's all about you who evaluates me. May we leave here knowing you are God. And God, if there is someone here today that's never bowed their knee, you said one day every knee shall bow. I pray they choose now rather than at your judgment seat later when it's too late. May we come to you as a humble child and truly seek forgiveness and direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If God's speaking to you this morning, I pray that you will listen and that you will do it what God's called you God has called you to do and that you will know that it's him that's speaking. That it's he who is reaching out to you. And regardless of what you're, you may say, but I'm not worthy. He says, You are. You are. I am. We are. Let him do so. As we've seen this morning, God. I just, I just don't know which way to turn. The question's the, the answer's easy to say, but it's up to you to do. And turn and look up. Say, Father, here I am. Remember, Peter himself denied the Lord three times. And then when he he stood before God on that beach, he knew that the shame was there. And Jesus asked him, do you love me? Peter in his mind's got to be thinking, I love you, but I'm not worthy. But we hear him say, yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? At that point Peter's thinking, gosh, you know, he's pointing out, do I really? Yeah, Lord, I do. Peter, do you love me? And that third time, Peter said, Lord, you know my heart. In other words, yes, I've done shameful things. I denied you before men. God, you know my heart, and I do love you. Jesus said, and build my church. Preach the gospel. He forgave you. This morning, I'm going to tell you that you may be saying, I'm, I'm ashamed in your heart you love Jesus take it to him and he'll tell you, build my church Amen I pray this morning that if you still need to speak to me you will, or if you just need to go home and pray, or maybe you're going to go out of here and say man, you know, I do have the self-esteem the self-esteem that comes with knowing that I have victory through the blood of Jesus Christ, there's nothing wrong with singing victory songs, hallelujah We have victory in Jesus. Amen? Amen. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, I can hold my head high. I can walk the way I need to walk, do what I need to do, say what I need to say, go home at night, and the whole world may hate me, but go to sleep thinking, ah, the world hates me, but my God loves me. And I can do that because of Christ. You can do the same. Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Uh, Keep lifting up those on the prayer list. We added a couple more this morning. Um, Donna Kay and 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 Ronnie's wife, Ruth, Ruth um, and Scott, Ruth Scott. And Ruth Scott. So keep they're they're going to be added to your prayer list. we praying for them. For, Ruth has melanoma, and Donna Kay has um, had her, has to have her knees replaced. Is that what it was? Yes, both of them. Yeah, both both their knees replaced. So. So we lift them up in prayer as well, even though they're not on your list, just if they cross your mind, you may not remember their name, just say, pray for those people that the ball-headed guy talks about in church. <laughs> God don't know who you're talking about. Amen? Amen? Good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up and know that God's in control. Amen? Amen. Brother Story, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time in your house. And thank
3: you, Lord, for what you did on the house you.
2: Father, help us as we go forth to whom we're about what we did, but what we did. Help us, Lord, to know that no matter what else happens, that you still love us, that you'll never
3: leave us at the station, and as you leave your house, we won't leave your presence. In Jesus' name we hear you praise. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: God is good, all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good, all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good, He's so good, all the time. If you're walking through the valley, There are shadows all around Do not fear, he will guide you He will keep you safe and sound For he has promised not to leave you Nor forsake you And his word is true, God is good All the time he put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night His light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time. We were sinners so unworthy. Still for us He chose to die. He filled us with. Well. His Holy Spirit That we can stand and testify That His love is everlasting And His mercies they will never end God is good all the time He put a song of praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good, He's so good all the time.